I always believe that every day God has work for us to do. That work may be at a job or that work could be taking care of a parent. You know, that work could be taking care of a spouse. That work could be cleaning up, you know, your yard. That work could be volunteering in the community. That work could be grocery shopping. That work could be picking up your kids. Whatever your work is, the mindset you take to that work will have an impact on the experience that you have. And it will absolutely impact the relationships you have with those around you. Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I want to talk about a topic that can absolutely change your life, and it's called job crafting. We'll get into it a bit more, but job crafting is a term in psychology that refers to the ways in which research has shown employees actively shape our jobs to make them more enjoyable, more meaningful, and more engaging. As many of you know, for this season, I'm doing additional topics that connect to different chapters in my book. And today's topic is connected to chapter five, which is called power is not a dirty word. And in that chapter, I talk about the ways that we inadvertently give our power away and how we can get it back. I also do a quiz on our orientation to power, our level of motivation, and what we can do to make changes so that we feel in a place from a power standpoint and a motivation standpoint to change things in our work. So if you haven't gotten the book, definitely get that. And today I want to add on to that concept by sharing some other strategies that people are using to craft, shape, design, change their work so that they can have a work life that they enjoy. And if you're not in my email group, check out the show notes and join in because I use those to share summaries of the podcast. I share what's coming. I share resources and other tips, and I also get a chance to respond. So reply to those emails and and have an actual conversation with you on these topics as well. So let's start with a few stats, though. I think I've shared this one before, but research has consistently over the last you know, couple decades, if not more, showed us that about 40% of us are engaged at work, meaning less than half of us are enjoying what we're doing, committed to it, involved in it on a regular basis. So we know that's, that's a problem. We also know that managers in our work environment are one of the greatest sources of stress in our lives. So one study recently found that a participant's manager had more impact on their mental health than their therapist or their doctor and had more about equal impact as their partner or their spouse. So we know that our work and how we feel about it is critical to how we feel about our entire lives. So I want to spend some time today on a few strategies that you can use to create a work life that you love, starting from where you are. So meaning this episode is not about changing your job um, or even what you're doing. It's about influencing the job that you already have. And we're going to talk about that in terms of job crafting. 
As I mentioned, job crafting is a term that refers to the ways which we actively shape our jobs, shape our work to make them more enjoyable and engaging. And the term was first introduced a couple decades ago by two professors, Jane Dutton and Amy, I hope I'm saying this right, Resnuski. <laughs> what they found was that employees were actively reshaping their jobs by changing the boundaries around their tasks, so what they were doing, the relationships or who they were spending time with, and just their perceptions of their work, their mindset about their work. So they really described it as a proactive process that people are using to better connect their work to their strengths, their passions or the things they liked, or their values, what they found important in their work, in the world, in their lives. And they suggested that these changes lead to lots of positive outcomes, better job satisfaction, more engagement or involvement in your work, you know, uh, feeling more committed to it better well-being, and also better performance at work. So what I want to do today is talk about the three most popular categories of job crafting. And for each type, I want to share a couple, at least a couple examples on how you could use one to craft your job in the right direction. So we're going to talk about three categories, relationship crafting, task crafting, and mindset crafting. But let's start with relationships because relationships are so important. So let me ask you a question. Do you realize that you can influence who you spend time with at work? So you may not be able to change your peers, your manager, but you can absolutely influence where you place your energy. And in many of the engagement surveys, they found there's a question that predicts how happy we are at work. And do you know what that question is? It's not about your manager. It's not about your title. It's not about your work location. The question is, do I have a best friend at work? So let me ask you that. Do you have a best friend at work? What research tells us is that people who agree with that question are much more likely to enjoy their work because relationships matter. You know, relationships provide support. They provide a sense of belonging. They provide connection, fun. And practically, when I think back on some of my most enjoyable work experiences, and I'd be curious for you if it's the same, a lot of that had to do with the people I was working with or the people I had a chance to interact with in that role. So let me share a few practical ways that you can influence the relationships you have and who you spend time with at work. So the first strategy is when you find people you like and connect with, invest the time to build that relationship. Go first in building the relationship. You know, sometimes you're in a meeting, you're in the break room, you're on a Zoom, and there's someone whose energy you're like, Yes, that is my person. Um, you know, it's something they say, it's the way they carry themselves, it's the way they interact with you or others. And when you find that, go first, reach out to them. Um, if they're local, schedule a coffee with them, begin forging a relationship with the people you like. Does it take extra time? Yes, it does. And is it worth it? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, this happened to me actually today. I was on a call with a group of people who were considering doing a book signing event together. And there was someone on the call who I'd actually had other more distant interactions with, but I'd always liked their energy. And today they mentioned they're an industrial organizational psychologist, which is what I am. So I was like, oh, that's it. So I, you know, um, she sent a note saying, oh my goodness, I'm an IO psychologist too in the chat. And I was like, oh my goodness, we have to connect. So she sent me her phone number and the call ended about, you know, 20 minutes before the top of the hour. So I called her, I picked up the phone and called her. I was like, I can't believe we're in the same field. We didn't know this. You know, we just chatted for a few minutes, but we're going to see each other again pretty soon because of this event we're planning. 
And you know, that's kind of an example of that, of when you find people you connect with, someone's energy you like, take the time, invest the time, build the relationship into more than, oh yeah, I really like that person or oh yeah, that person seems nice. Like invest the time to actually turn it into a real relationship because it will pay you lots of dividends in your work environment. So that's the one, you know, go first when you find those people. The second strategy you can use is to find people you like through things you like to do. So, you know, I met some of my best friends in a women of color employee resource group. So employee resource groups are groups of people who um, work together in a volunteer capacity, usually to support some agenda. So this was about women of color at work. You know, they may be one for differently abled, for the Asian community, whatever it is, but it's an employee resource group. And I was in the women of color group and I signed up to be on a committee around training and development. And lo and behold, I was connected with other people who also had a passion for training and development, for career growth, for um, just kind of continuous improvement and learning. And several of those people are my best friends today. So, you know, sometimes you got to lean into the things that you like doing and through those things, even if they feel extra at work, through those things, you can find people you really want to connect with. I also led, I remember in many work assignments, I volunteered to lead what was called the coaching practice for my team. And leading the coaching practice meant that I was, you know, when someone needed a coach in the group I was supporting, I would hire the coach or, you know, train or manage the invoices, all those things around coaching. And it was essentially extra work because it wasn't a defined part of my job. It was more like an assignment that someone took on on the team. But of course I wanted to do it because I love coaching. Um, it helped me a lot even as I moved into this business. But outside of that, just being at work, it helped me connect with other people who also valued and loved coaching. So if you're not finding your people in your current peer group or your direct reports, your manager, or, you know, kind of the people that you have to be involved with, find another activity at work that you like, volunteering, employee resource groups, an assignment, take on an assignment and find your people there. Because having relationships and people you like to work with will dramatically change how you feel about your work environment. So that's the first one, which is relationships. The second one I want to talk about is task crafting. And task crafting involves changing the type or the amount of tasks that you do. And there are a few strategies I could think about this one, but I think the first and most important is to be a good self-manager, meaning... At some point, we all have to figure out how to put boundaries around our work so that we're working whatever we consider to be the right amount of time. So I personally learned this in a few roles, but it was definitely apparent in a couple global roles that I had because I realized when I was supporting people around the world that, you know, at any time of day or night, whether I was awake or sleeping, somebody was working. <laughs> and so it was apparent really quickly that I had to figure out what were the boundaries that worked for me. Because they weren't going to, you know, my work environment wasn't going to create those for me. And I found that in probably every company I've worked with, which is there is always lots of great work to do, right? There's, there's amazing things you could be doing to push the agenda in a lot of different roles. I've never had a job where at the end of the day, I felt like, whew, I've done all the things I can do. So now I'm released to go home. No, that was never my reality. Um, in every job I had, there were always things undone. So it forced me to figure out what is a healthy work life look like for me, for my goals, for my ambition, for my personal life, uh, for my family. 
And I've talked to several people who are working more than what is really sustainable for them. So, you know, like the other day I was talking to someone who's working 80 hours a week and they weren't enjoying their work. You know, well, one thing I thought about was that, I mean, I don't think I'd enjoy doing anything for 80 hours a week, right? <laughs> it was like, even if it's something I like at 80 hours, I'm probably tired, I'm exhausted. Um, it's going to make it hard to evaluate the work that I'm doing to know if I like it or not, because it's just so much of it. And it makes it hard to show up in the way you want to at work so that you can operate in your best, right? So my first tip is be a good self-manager. Know what a healthy work life looks like for you based on what you want to do, based on your ambitions. And, you know, as those things change, that may mean you're working a lot more or less, but know what it is for you and then figure out a way to craft that for yourself. So that's the first tip. Just be a good self-manager. The second strategy to influence your task to align with what you enjoy the most is to make sure you know what you enjoy the most. So you have to know what you like and what you don't. So I think I mentioned this on another episode about the business, but if you haven't done this, create a list. You know, my first several years in business, I had a list of things that I loved, things I liked, things that I call meh, which was, eh, you know, I can take it or leave it. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other and things that I really didn't like. And I personally used that list over years to whittle down my business to the things that I love doing. I also used that list to figure out who and how I was going to hire because I wanted to hire people to do things that either I didn't like doing or I wasn't good at, right? So that's kind of how I used the list to decide who am I going to hire first in the business. So you can do the same thing in a business or in a job. And I already know some of you are saying, I can't change my job, <laughs> but the research says you can and that many people are. So let's talk through one example of this that I love. And hopefully this spurs some ideas or thoughts for how you might do this in your situation as well. So many of you all may have heard this story about a bus driver uh, in Texas. His name was Mr. Curtis, is Mr. Curtis Jenkins, and he liked driving the bus, but he loved the connection with the kids even more. So he decided that his job wasn't just about getting the kids safely to and from school, which, you know, alone is a significant job, but his job was also about creating a family within his students on the bus. And when I think about the experience that some of our children have on the bus with bullying, teasing, fear, I mean, his approach is so needed. So he did a lot of things and tasks that other bus drivers just weren't doing. So I'll give you a few examples of, of what I remember from this story. He gave kids on the bus a job, you know, so maybe might be welcoming new students, uh, making sure everyone's stuff was off the bus and nothing was left behind. Uh, he bought them gifts and made a big deal about their birthdays or special events. He knew all of their names and greeted them when they got on or had words of encouragement for them when they were getting off for the school day. I mean, he talked about his bus as a family and the kids took that on, right? They thought of it as a family. And it just reminds us the ability we have to influence the environment around us. And wouldn't you know, by doing the task that he loved, uh, that no one asked him to do, he also found a greater love, meaning, and appreciation for his work. And I think at the end of the story, he eventually got promoted to a role that was about helping other people uh, connect well with the kids. So there are very few jobs where you can't influence your work in some way, either by doing different tasks 
or doing the task that you have differently. So my challenge to you is what is one thing you love about your work? So figure that out. What is one thing I love or at least enjoy about my work? And then identify one way that you can do more of that. And it's not always more hours. Sometimes it's just doing the same things differently within the same hours that you have. Uh, But figure out a way to spend more time, have more energy, and just do more of the things that you love in your current job. So that's the second type of crafting, which is task crafting. Third type of crafting I want to talk about is mindset crafting, which is changing the way we think about our work. So, you know, if I think my work is drudgery, it is. (laughs) If I say to myself, my work is meaningless, it is. So what we say to ourselves about our work is important and has a really dramatic impact on our experience at work. So my challenge to you here and what I've done also is listen to your thoughts. And when you hear yourself saying something negative, take note of that and figure out how you can take a different perspective. Now, I'm not talking about abusive situations, taking a different perspective on abusive situation. I'm also not saying be dishonest with yourself. You have to be honest. Uh, But lots of what we're doing is we're choosing the negative perspective about a situation. So think of it as is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Many times when it comes to work, we choose half empty and that leads to certain thoughts and a certain experience we have at work. Um, And there's a concept in psychology called ants, which are automatic negative thoughts. And based on our experiences, or, you know, sometimes if we've been in a really difficult situation for a while, or just our orientation towards life, we can create automatic negative thought patterns or ants. And I like to remember the visual of this, which is ants walking along a well-grooved path. And sometimes there are triggers for the ants to start, right? So every time I walk into a job, I say, I hate this job. (laughs) That can become an automatic negative thought that drives how I feel about work every time I walk in the door. If every time I turn on my computer or get ready to join a Zoom, I say, these people get on my nerves. Trust and believe those people are going to get on my nerves (laughs) and those people are going to get on your nerves. And I remember kind of doing this mindset change at a job. So I was working at a job where most of my focus was on strategy and a lot less on what I'd say impact. So I was putting together lots of strategic presentations about the long-term, you know, kind of long-term things we might do, knowing that very little of it probably would ever actually be, right? And that there was so much change that much of what I was putting together probably would never even be fully considered because it was just this time of upheaval in this organization. And when you're doing work that you don't think has an impact, that can be demotivating. And I found myself saying to myself, this is a waste of time. And I believe that. And in some ways I was accurate. Again, back to the honesty. But a few months into that role, I realized this was not working for me. Um, I was in this role and didn't feel called to leave. You know, sometimes you're in jobs that don't feel great, but you feel called to be there. And I felt called to be there. Um, so I didn't feel called to leave it. But you know, the current situation, the way I was thinking about it wasn't working for my mental health, my engagement, just the way I felt about work. So, you know, one day I decided to focus on what I was learning in this job. And I would say to myself, I'm learning a lot in this job. And I really was. I learned a lot about creating strategies, um, how to position those strategies. I ended up being much more connected externally and ended up doing some really fun travel as a part of that role. 
And then my team expanded. So I had some roles that I was hiring for. And so I got to hire some amazing people and created these fantastic relationships that I still have today. So you can find the good in a role. You can find your meaning. Um, you can find your purpose. And when you do, your satisfaction in that role can change. So start by taking note of what you say to yourself and what you say to other people about your job and about your workplace and write it down. You could probably do that right now. Just what is it I say to myself and what is it I say to other people about this job? And then decide which of those mindsets do I want to embrace or keep and which of those do I want to change? Again, it's not about being dishonest because both of those perspectives I had on that job I mentioned were honest. I could have taken the perspective up, I'm really wasting my time and could approve in that case. Or I could take the perspective of I'm learning a lot in this role, regardless of the impact this work has, I'm learning a lot in this role. And I can take on that perspective, which was also true. And I chose the one that was best for me, right? That chose the one that was best for my mindset. I chose the one that was best for my work experience. And honestly, by having that mindset, it also improved my work performance because I'm not now doing the work out of a sense of drudgery or meaninglessness, you know? <laughs> so um, you can choose the perspective you have. You want it to be honest, but you still have a choice on which perspective of your work you choose. So, you know, whether it's thinking about your relationships and how you change those and find more relationships with people you want to spend time with whether it's thinking about your tasks and either the amount of those that you're doing or which of those you're engaging in, or whether it's thinking about your mindset and just how are you approaching the work that you have in front of you every day. And by the way, that can be a job or it could be if you're not working right now, it can be whatever work is in front of you. I always believe that every day God has work for us to do. That work may be at a job or that work could be taking care of a parent. You know, that work could be taking care of a spouse. That work could be cleaning up, you know, your yard. That work could be volunteering in the community. That work could be grocery shopping. That work could be picking up your kids. Whatever your work is, the mindset you take to that work will have an impact on the experience that you have. And it will absolutely impact the relationships you have with those around you. So my challenge to you is create, craft, influence the work you have by changing either the relationships, the task, or your mindset. And sometimes we have to change all three. <laughs> and I love this quote from one of the researchers who created this job crafting concept. So I want to read it to you. And this is Amy Resnuski. And what she said was that what these workers were doing, she came to realize, was quietly creating the work that they wanted to do out of the work that they had been assigned. So it didn't take a lot of fanfare. Uh, much of these things are things we can either do ourselves or, you know, do without anyone else's input or approval. But when you understand the concept and those who do understand the concept are out there quietly creating the work they want to do. And I hope that you will do the same. And when you do or the questions you have, write me and let me know what you're going to do differently. So I hope you all found this beneficial. I hope you found it encouraging in creating the work you want starting from right where you are. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Arlene underscore Pace underscore Green. Uh, you can join my email group. Uh, links to do that are on my Instagram or in the show notes where I send messages and respond back. So thank you all so much for joining. As always, remember that you deserve to love your job and enjoy your life. Yes, you do. 
and be well. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where just for joining, you will receive a checklist for getting your LinkedIn profile in top shape and a link to the first chapter of my book. Click join the crew in the show notes. I also invite you to visit my website where you can shop our t-shirt collection designed to help you fulfill your purpose, love your work, and enjoy your life. I have them all, wear one almost every episode, and know you will love them. Thanks so much for joining me on this journey. Let's go. Thank you.